has presented Dobby with clothes. Dobby is free. Hi, and welcome to the Three Broom Chicks. I'm Jenny. I'm Marianne. And I'm Elizabeth. And it literally took me 15 tries to get that intro. We've been doing this for a year, and I still don't have a handle on it. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, what happened? of our listeners, <laughs> like, who is interested in a boobers episode? Because me. we have so much. It's me. It sounded like you it. said boopers. <laughs> <laughs> Bloopers. Okay, but really, honestly, Boopers. like, to give you guys the truth, every single time that we record... I mess up the intro at least five times, but I also can never remember how the outro goes. And Elizabeth just lives yelling at me. And at this point, I'm not sure why I'm the one that does them. I don't know how this happened. I I honestly don't know either, but it just like defaulted to you. <laughs> I guess. And it's stuck now. It's stuck. Honestly, if you guys tried to take it away from me, there would be words. No, but. it's not going to happen. It's Welcome yours. to the House Elf episode. Yay! So we wanted to do something because it was Dobby's birthday yesterday at the time of recording. And you know that we're always late. So obviously we recorded his episode the next day and it'll drop mm-hmm. several weeks from his birthday. <laughs> but <laughs> we felt like we needed to pay Dobby some respect. But then we were like, well, we just need to talk about all the house elves in general. So welcome to your house elf extravaganza. Woohoo! Yay! I'm really excited about it. And we're so excited about it that it's going to be a three-part series. You'll find out a little bit more later. But just know that there's going to be a lot of hashtag political themes, which hasn't been a thing mm. really in season two. It was like heavy in season one. But boy, is it coming back. Eh. And I'm oh, just yeah. really excited. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. Yas. All right. So I guess we're going to dive right in to our <laughs> outpost. Oh, wow. That was the best one yet. Hydrangea oh. has been doing her at-home workouts. Yes. <laughs> How you looking our strong girl. <laughs> Good. Job, Hydrangea. I did let her out a little bit, but then I brought her back in because Florida's going to hell with <laughs> this coronavirus situation. So you Texas know, too. Texas too. You know what it is? It's the curse of the broom chicks. That's what it is. That's why Florida and Texas are blowing up right now. It's uh, the broom chick in each state. Mm, <laughs> nah, I think we just have stupid people in our states. Well, yeah, yeah that too. Wear your masks. Wear your masks, please. Wear your mask. We need to, we need League of Con next year. Oh, oh my god, god for real. Don't even. Uh... Anyways, our first outpost is from Liv underscore two two seven three. What's up? Hey. She asks, why do you think they didn't put Spew in the movies? Also, love you guys and your podcast. I love you too. Oh, <laughs> thanks for that. That's so nice. Can we take a little like? A little like derail for a second because sure. this message listen y'all know that i don't get emotional but yesterday with all the twitter <laughs> messages and the instagram messages and elizabeth with that 
freaking video on social media. I was about ready to shed a single tear because we <laughs> have been doing this for a whole year and y'all are just so cute. I can't. We're so cute and I love everyone and I had a lot of emotions and then I thought I got over them. I stuffed them down deep. I was like, we don't do that. And then this girl, maybe a girl, I don't know. I don't want to assume it's 2020, but Liv sent us this message and I was like, Liv, I love you too. I don't know who you are, but you're magical. And I was just so happy. And now oh, I'm in guys. feelings all over again. I might cry. I it was just an emotional so time. many feelings for Jenny. They're all I'm coming scared. out at once. This is Ooh. what happens. Approximately every six months, all the feelings that I have stuffed down deep, they come out. And I just have feelings for like a whole week straight. And I guess we're in that week. Wow. This is a rare <laughs> this is a rare vision. I'm glad it's getting recorded right now because My like I need it watery. as proof. What? They're, they're like watery. I know I lived it's some magic. I don't know. I'm telling you, you can never out. crap on me for being emotional <laughs> ever again. Listen. Listen. You'll be like Fred said the sky's blue. Boom, tears. It's like instant. <laughs> You're probably crying right now cuz I said his name. You uh, serious boom waterworks <laughs> she right. ain't wrong <laughs> all right okay thank you Liv. so now. anyways that was a lot of emotions i was not prepared for but <laughs> sorry, i'm sorry moving on um so i i think the easiest like excuse for that for us not having spew in the movies is basically just because like with a lot of book ad adaptations um when they're being turned into movies just there's some stuff that needs to get cut goblet of fire is one of those books that so much was going on it wasn't the biggest book but it definitely was one of the bigger books so it had to be done some plot lines and stories had to be taken out and modified and stuff like that. So um, it's definitely one of the reasons. But to be honest with you, I think a major like reason why it's also not part of the movies is probably because of Mike Newell, just because he is not a good director, as I've probably ranted about before. Like, yeah, like he just he did it. He complained about reading the books like he some of the stuff that he did change was probably not even in his control it was more so on the writers that stuff that he did want to change was like people were like no mike don't do that like very problematic so no mike, no, mike don't do that like i i today is not the episode of where i'm going to talk about why mike sucks but um oh he just and to the point that i to the point guys i consider mike like voldemort to Alfonso Cuaron's Harry. I'm not even exaggerating you. Do Whoa, you know? Fun God. fact. Okay, save fun. it for another episode. Yeah, okay, you're giving okay. all away the goodies for free, bro. Okay, okay, I won't. I guess I'll keep my fun Listen, fact. But I was gonna say that Marianne was throwing shade, but honestly, I mean, it's like you threw a whole like blanket over the guy. Like that's just no kind of argument. Okay, threw it in. Okay, I I have to say the fun fact. The reason why I believe that is because Alfonso Cuaron literally came to help my new Mike Newell for the fourth movie. And Mike Newell, 
didn't see any of the other movies as a director should have of like a a director of a sequel you should be watching the movies that you are like continuing of it doesn't matter if that's your own movie you should be seeing what you are continuing in order for the like the the story and the audiences to really succeed as well as they can um and alfonso was like at least if you're not gonna watch the other movies at least watch my movie and he mike newell sat down and saw 40 minutes of prisoner of azkaban that was it and mind you he completely complained complained that alfonso made the movie too dark so he was like i had to reinvent the wheel and i'm like oh no i don't like this man so he's now dead to me he's dead to me but that's just the tip of the iceberg that i'll leave for another day so yeah thank you next and that's why we don't like mike newell on this podcast (laughs) i'm shooketh what's like the opposite of a stan because that's what i feel towards him right now (laughs) Stenemy? I'm a stenemy. I like it. I'm a stenemy. I don't know. I just made that up. But I had some thoughts. But after that, I mean, are they really even relevant? I don't know. (laughs) I just thought that I feel like, yes, the movies were getting darker, Mm -hmm. as we have mentioned. Yeah. I just felt like because they were getting darker and SPEW, which I'm Mm -hmm. just going to call you, I don't care. Yeah. Spiel. I felt like that could have potentially been like a really dark part of the storyline because obviously it has hashtag political themes in real world application. So mm-hmm. I thought it was just one of the easier things to cut out since really yeah. honestly we started marketing this to kids and then it kind of grew up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I also just think it was easier to cut that and save so much time mm-hmm. and money with something oh, yeah. that didn't like actually influence the like the core of that storyline and and it could have saved so much money like you know how much it had like money you know how much it must cost him like make a house elf and then have to animate it and everything like that like it was it was just like show business and on uh, i mean goblet of fire that has to be one of the more expensive movies to make like Mm -hmm. you had to make dragons yep multiple dragons um, yep. I don't think there was enough money left over to make a whole horde of house elves in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I'm still hurt, but like it had to be done. It had to be done. All right. Our next outpost is from one of our previous guests, Adrian. Hey, wow. If so you much. have not listened to our more than house pride episode, Go ahead, pause, and listen to it. We totally rant about she who must not be named. (laughs) And it's a great time, and Adrian is wonderful. But anyways, his question is, whose side were you first on when Spew was first being mentioned? Herm or Ron? Herm. Yeah, I was on on Herm. Yeah, I was really mad at Ron. As much as I love Ron, God, he has so many problematic things, but... I was definitely on Hermione's side, but girl, we're going to get into my feelings about it later. Put a pin in it. Yes. Pin in it. Thank you. But yeah, Ron, you were, mm, I was definitely mad at you. I was so mad. Uh, I was like, why do you keep putting your foot in your mouth? Like, why? Because it's his favorite thing to do. He just digs large holes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Adrian, for that question. Our next question. Ah, My favorite broom chick. I'm sure if you listen to us, you know who that is. <laughs> My husband. Hey, hey, hey. I'm sorry. I love you both deeply, like from the bottom of my heart. But Raul is like my favorite broom chick. It's just life. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> we just ended up here. 
I'm not my mom's favorite broom chick either, so it's okay. Oh my God. I'm never going to live it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> Barbara, if you're listening to this, I love you, girl. <laughs> I'd be amazed if she's listening up to 15 minutes worth of us. <laughs> All commitment. That's commitment. It is. Anyways, Raul is always here with like the big questions, man. And he, uh, he asks, what purpose do you think Spew, the Spew storyline, serves for the story of Harry Potter as a whole. Actually, I have a story about Raul, and I just want to tell you. has It doesn't really have anything to do with Spew, but it does have to do with today's episode, and I will be telling it after we answer this question. Do not let me forget. Okay, so pin in it. Pin in it. Small little pin in it. It's a small, it's a small little pin pin. Well, small little one. Okay. Yeah. Who wants to tell I mean, I mean, I have ideas, but... I think um, and not only is it the, spinning the idea of like um, enslavement or like indentured servitude or whatever and how like that is wrong. Um, I ought like kind of like preparing for this episode. I I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. It's a little wild, but a little bit of like addiction too because of Winky. We'll talk about it later. But like, I'd never really noticed it before, you know, obviously being young and reading the books and watching the movies without what? any of this material, but a little bit of addiction and winky, but what we'll cut. You we'll, didn't we'll notice that? No, not, not, it wasn't at like the concept of like, I'll explain it later without okay. getting too much okay. into it now, because it'll make more sense when we start talking about winky, but yeah, right. yeah. pin, think, another um, pin. For the storyline as a whole, obviously I think there is, um, a lot of stuff that JK does to mirror stuff that's going on in real life. You know, we've talked before in the Marauders episode about Lupin. I mean, she's come out and said that he is kind of um, this relation back to bloodborne illnesses and AIDS and how that's perceived by society. And so honestly, I really think that the house elves had a lot to do with slavery and like racial bias. Um, and especially now, I feel like that's super relevant in, a, in the world. But um, I also think, and I make this point a little bit later on as well, I feel like a, a very basic level, it's the treatment of other people or other things and kind of like that human perspective where like we are the best and everything else is lesser. And so I feel like that has a lot of it too in the storyline, but we'll get to it more later. I'm not really doing it justice right now, but we'll yeah. get there. I, so what I think like what Spew does is – because if you really look at Harry Potter, a big part of Harry Potter is inequality and how that plays in society. Like we see it from almost the very yeah. beginning with mudbloods and purebloods and all that stuff um, and versus muggles. Like it's such a central part of the story. But what Spew kind of reminds me of is of the current Black Lives Matter movement yes. because, you know, we grew up thinking slavery is over slavery's in the past in the wizarding world it's like it's only these few racists who think that mudbloods are lesser in at least american society it's only these few racists that think black people are lesser and we thought it was done with we thought it was over and spew highlights that like no it's still is pertinent in our society and it's so ingrained in our society that a good person like ron weasley sees nothing wrong with the current yeah. structure of society, which is exactly what 
the Black Lives Matter movement is calling out right now. Like we have been so comfortable with the current structure of society that we don't see what it was wrong. So I actually think think that was pretty good. It also brings up the point that a lot of people are raised thinking one thing and that's what we're taught our whole life. And then it's like you just get to a certain age where you're like, wait a second. And you start to question these these systems that are in place and then you're like holy but jesus no like just no and so i feel like we kind of see ron go through that especially because he has such a negative point of view and then boom in the seventh book it's like that's one of his top priorities it's like we have to help these creatures so i feel like there's a lot going on there but obviously you know we're going to continue to get into it but i'm really going to tell you my story so raul was on a we had a broom chicks meeting we do like these little FaceTimes and we plan out a bunch of stuff, whatever. And we do a lot of talking. And so we knew that, um, that we were going to do this Dobby episode from a while back. And so we were kind of discussing it. Raul has been silent for like the 20 minutes that we've been on this phone call. He has his headphones in. He's studying. Okay. And I said, "Ugh, I really hated Dobby. And that boy took off his headphones so quick and looked at the camera like I had offended his child and got up and walked away. And immediately I was like, no, like, I was like, we're all going to be mad at me right now. Like, I felt like it was just a betrayal to him. I just felt like I betrayed him in some way. And it just cut deep, man. It was just so funny because we had been there talking like through so much and you guys obviously wouldn't know, but like sometimes we get off track and we'll go off into stories <laughs> and we're just catching up. And yes. like, sometimes we're like, is Raul listening to like the caca that we're just like spewing right now? LOL. <laughs> um, and like he hadn't, he wasn't paying attention to any of that. Like Elizabeth would be checking in with him and he's just there minding his own business. But that was the one thing yes. that he picked up on. And I, just it was so funny it was so good i mean we dropped like serious tea like i had stuff going and yes he did not he could not care and then (laughs) boom i mentioned dobby and it's like his ears perked up and he was like paying attention and it's like how dare you it was the wrong time the wrong wrong time time. you insulted my people i know okay so we're moving on (laughs) to our new segment we've gone mental elizabeth is gonna have to take it away because both me and Marianne, I think it's like a refusal, honestly, at this point. Oh, well, I I kind of know what we're talking about. I did oh, some research, but I you go ahead, Elizabeth. I, I couldn't even acknowledge the ignorance. I was just done. So uh, if you are on our social media, um, us broom chicks, we have decided to unfollow JKR uh, across <laughs> social media platforms. Um, we hardly even talk about her. She is she who must not be named. Yep. Um, we thought her apology, not apology, her it's not statement, even an apology, her state, her essay, her essay was BS. And so we were, ju- we were just mad. We were fed up. And then like, I just decided, I was like, you know what? I just need to know, like, as, as, you know, a broom chick, as, you know, a fan of the series, not her a fan of the series i need to know what's going on in that realm of the world so we can be educated and mm-hmm. uh once again yesterday she goes on a f- freaking rampage <laughs> nine tweets long yep once again defending herself and that innately we are undoing women's rights and putting women at 
at risk for sexual assault. And she is once again, and I am sorry to bring up sexual assault. I know it's not easy. I'll put a trigger warning on this episode. So you know about it before you get here. But using her past as an excuse that trans women should not be allowed in female bathrooms. It's so sick. It is so sick that she is doing that. Like her mind is twisted and I'm over it. Like what what, I'm what makes me <laughs> what makes me so mad is like if she had actually done the research that she says that she says that she does, then she knows. They, of course, there's going to be a very small percentage of terrible people who ruin it for everyone. Like, that's just how society works, unfortunately. There's always going to be crappy people. But thankfully, they are actually a very small percentage. And you, what are you going to do? Like, ruin the 98, 99% of trans women who are genuinely trans women who just want to use their proper restroom because there's a 1% chance... That, like, a guy's going to F it up? Like, listen, that's I unfair. I have so many feelings, but I don't even want to give this be with an itch any more of my time. But I will say that I saw something online that Stephen King kind of, like, came out in, like, support of her, I guess, or whatever. And it not, was of, kind not of, of this, of something of else. This, of something else. And then after that, Stephen King tweeted, trans women are women. J.K. Rowling, she had tweeted a bunch of praise for Stephen King, took all the tweets down and unfollowed him. Mm -hmm. So at this point, it's just like you're being petty, you're being a child, and you're proving even further that you just want to have this opinion and you don't want to take the time to educate yourself. And you are literally just blocking out anybody who thinks differently. And that is so dangerous. It is so dangerous. People have even like, asked for the facts. Like they're like, yeah. what, what have you been looking at? Can we yeah. look at it too? And but also, it's like no sharing. I feel like I would have had no issue with it if she made these tweets and then got educated and then came out and said, I am so sorry. You know, this is what I was led to believe. I've now done the research and I see how my comments were damaging and wrong. I feel like I could respect that at some level, but yeah. it's, she's just in complete denial and she refuses to acknowledge anyone else's feelings about it. And, and I'm, I'm just done. And like, what what makes me more mad and i'm about to get like a little personal is that she brings in her past sexual assault as almost like as an excuse for her belief yeah. and it's like no unfortunately the grand majority of women including myself have been sexually assaulted but i don't fear that everywhere i go do i automatically think badly of every man down the street yes but if I see a trans woman walking into my bathroom, I'll be like, okay, she's just going to go pee. Yeah. Honestly, That's it. Yeah. Oh, I can't deal. Just I pee deal. where you want to pee. Just pee where like, you, you know, want to pee. Honest, honestly, na, 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 just go use the bathroom, just man. Just you have a general neutral bathroom at your house or your apartment. <laughs> just it's fine. We're going to be okay. <laughs> We're all going to be fine. Anyways, she is who has gone mental this past month. So we just yep. had to mention that she is officially mental. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Elizabeth texted us about it. 
I was honestly, I was, when you texted me, I was on uh, my bike exercising and I saw Elizabeth's text messages come through. She was like, yo, like JK Rowling's at it again. And I was just like, dude, why don't we just give her the segment? We don't even have to go mental. I feel like she's just taking it over for us. Like, just give her the segment because I can't. She's got us all beat. But anyways, moving on into better things. All right. So we are moving on to our Patreon. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So we are mainly talking about our Patreon today. One, because, you know, shameless plug, become a patron. Up. And um, if you've checked out our Patreon, we have multi levels, and then our highest level is hashtag We're Wizards. We're Wizards. These are the special people who pay a lot of money for us to continue making content for you all, and we, we are uber, you. uber thankful to those select few people. And so we thank them by allowing them to choose an episode for us to talk about for the masses. And so one of our patrons, Josephine, her turn is ah. up. And so she basically gave us a whole idea that has kind of inspired this whole series that's coming up. It's super lit, bro. Yeah. And basically, just like the gist of her idea is, you know, to give space and to give time to the characters and the creep and specifically the creatures that weren't given the time that they should have deserved in the movies as they had in the books. So basically, thanks to Josephine. We are getting house elves and three more episodes out of this. So thank you. Three more. Beings, yeah. beasts, and spirits. House oh, elves. I get it. I get it now. I was confused, but now I get it. Wow. I'm glad Jenny could like <laughs> finally become a broom chick and understand. Yeah. Listen, Harry, what? <laughs> at the meeting, I thought this was the first of three, okay? Nerp. Jenny Listen wasn't it. at the meeting. Jenny hasn't even read Harry Potter. It's fine. Listen, okay. Honestly, my Instagram post from this week where I was like, I don't even know when our episode's coming out. I don't read Harry Potter. I'm not even on this podcast. It's the Pretty accurate. Of my, of my comedic timing. Anyways, <laughs> thanks, Jojo. Now, before we get into all of this, because we're about to jump into the episode, I got to keep tradition. I feel like Marianne and Elizabeth are going to roll their eyes at me. Just want to shout out Ariana. She listens to every episode. <laughs> Love her. And I swear for the rest of time, I will mention her in every episode. <laughs> I told y'all I was going to do it. And this is me following through. What's up, girl? Ariana, I swear, Jenny is not a creep. She <laughs> just isn't. She's a normal person. We swear. <laughs> we just, I just had so much fun. I think I tweeted the other day that I stand her, and I was just like, no, whatever. That's just a three broom chicks position, bro. <laughs> that's just Ariana, how the three broom chicks stand. That's just we stand. We stand two things so far. Well, three things, I guess, because Harry Potter. That's the first <laughs> one that we stand. Then we stand Ariana. We also stand. Shout out House of Black podcast. Okay. Yes. Yes. Both show. Stand, and I'm here for it. Ariana, you may not know this, but we're best friends. Keep hitting me up on Twitter. I'm having fun. Okay. Oh okay. <laughs> Moving on before we get creepy. That's not creepy. We're friends. <laughs> We're friends from the internet. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Moving on into Dobby. Dobby. All right. So uh, for Dobby, we're going to start a little bit with some etymology. Hey. Hey. 
Yes, Queen, we're here for it. What does is, what is Dobby mean? So according to the Oxford English Dictionary, hashtag facts, quote unquote Dobby is an old English word uh, for a benevolent elf that would perform household tasks secretly in the night, like the elves in the Tales of the Elves and the Shoemaker, uh, which are oh. super cute, by the way. But anyways, however... Uh, just as those elves disappeared when the shoemaker made them shoes, so the Dobbies were said to disappear when offered clothing. Honestly, oh, she totally usually, did this. yes, but I feel like usually the etymology is like loosely like, oh, yeah, like I see that connection. This one is just straight up like she took it from someone else and put it in the book. Basically. For sure. I mean, it's yeah. English. Copy it's and probably lore. Like, yeah, she yeah. did do a lot of that. So it's yeah. fine. She didn't come up with werewolves and vampires and things. So exactly. Yes. But I was just like shook. Like, who who thinks that Dobby is a thing? But yeah. Like Do- Dobby is not a thing. He's a he's a house elf. No, like he's a you know person. I mean? Like Dobby being like a thing that people talk about. Don't I'm, to- to I'm totally kidding. We'll leave that All for right. the spew apart. <laughs> So we meet Dobby for the first time in Harry's bedroom at number four, Privet Drive. And he's like a little bit wacky. And honestly, at first, this is why Raul got mad at me. I didn't like Dobby. And I feel like I can't be alone. No, I mean, it's hard to like him at first. He was very annoying, to be honest. I'm just going to come out and say it. But I just feel like the scene, the very first scene where we meet him, where the Dursleys have somebody important coming over and Harry's been told to hide in his bedroom. And he's like, yo, it's really not a good time to have an elf in my room right now. Dobby just makes that situation anxiety inducing. Like even talking about it now, I can feel the weight on my chest. Like he is making so much noise. And I feel like it's just not respectful to the situation. And I feel like he needs to check his manners. But seeing it in the movie, reading it in the book, it just brought on all of my anxiety issues. And I was not here for it. <laughs> But I also think that it's super ridiculous that he's, like, harming himself if he says anything. Like, that's the first time that I was like, what the heck is going on? And why does he have to iron his hands? Like, that's not okay. Like, reading that as a child, I was shook. I was going to go back into my pen later. Yes. But also, it just makes me – this is where – I started to have like, remember we used to say all the time, I have questions. I have questions because this is the first moment that I started critical thinking in the books. And I was like, well, wait a second. If the ministry of magic is monitoring everybody, then how do they not know that him throwing that cake at that lady's face was not Harry's doing magic? Like, why does he get a letter? Shouldn't they know that it's a house elf that's doing this magic? And that's where like the questioning started for me personally. And it just makes me upset to this day. No. I mean, it's quite possible that they might have not been monitoring house elves. And maybe it was just some form of magic that was like location, like base location wise, not necessarily like. We find out later in Half-Blood Prince from Dumbledore that they just actually trust parents to enforce the rules. Because if you're in a household with like, I mean, if you're like in the Weasley's household and you have, you know, the older kids who are of age that can use magic, they don't know who the magic is coming from. They just know that it comes from the residents. So they trust the the parents to like enforce the law and be like, no, you can't use magic at home. Which Wow, that's so unfair. 
Because right. how I would many, be magic all the time? I was about to say, how many magical families are actually following through with that? I'm like, it's the, in the privacy of my own four walls. Yeah. If you want to make your cup of water levitate from the kitchen to your table, go for it. Like, yeah. But also think about like when Fred and George turn Ron's teddy bear or whatever into a giant spider. Like the ministry didn't come knocking at their door because there was other wizards there of age. So just we don't get answers for a long time about that. But back in book two, I just had questions. And I was like, <laughs> well, well, if you're keeping track and you're like this efficient government. And that's when I knew that the Ministry of Magic was trash. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> they're not complete trash. Maybe like Arthur Weasley isn't trash. Maybe Kingsley Shacklebolt is a trash. Exactly. Ministry, not complete trash. Trash. <laughs> complete trash. Trash. Complete trash means complete as in completion as in 100%. It can't be 100% if there's n- like 2% that isn't completion. It's I trash. stand by my my side. <laughs> okay. Well, Marianne does math. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think like with Dobby... I I think I feel like he comes out so abrasive, especially in the beginning, is because like he does a whole series of like poor decisions with good intentions. Yeah. Like who What's that saying? The road what? to hell was paved with good intentions. Good intentions? Like Dobby. I get it. I get it. He wanted to save Harry Potter. He wanted to save the boy who saved the wizarding world. Such a good intention. Why leave two 12-year-olds unattended (laughs) in a strange foreign place? Honestly, yes. But I also partially blame Molly and Arthur for that one. Okay, no, yes. A hundred percent. There's blame to go around. But also, (laughs) oh, you know, Harry's at Hogwarts. But maybe, maybe if he's injured enough, they'll send him home. Like- so let me just attack him with the magical bludger. What? Which is honestly, I don't know why I'm just putting two and two together, but it's giving me strong. I'm going to like main Bellatrix with the chandelier vibes. I feel like he has a batter. He just goes for straight hurt, but for goodness. But for goodness. I'm hurting I mean- you for your own good. I mean, Dobby is a character that he, I feel like his emotions are just like too strong. And, like, I mean, his only human interactions were the Malfoys. So I guess, like, Mm -hmm. hurt for love is a default. But also, like, they don't get school for magic. So they probably don't have as much, like, control when it comes to, like, all kinds of mediums with their magic. Like, it's probably just, like, ha, 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 all the time. I disagree with you, actually. You think? think, Yeah, I think he has a lot of control for his magic. I feel like we see house elves over the time of the series do complex magic. And we know that it's different from wizards. Complexity is different from control. What I don't think is that he has control over his emotions. But obviously they're performing. My whole point was like they're performing all this complex magic just fine. Like they're not having issues. Like they're not apparating and losing a leg. They're not splinching. But... They don't have control, or he doesn't have control over the emotions, which then leads him to perform all this complex magic. Yeah, but complexity is skill. Like, you, they have the skill to do all of it, but I just think it's just the control. Like, he's just like, okay, ah! But I feel, what I'm telling you is I feel that he's controlling the magic properly. We agree, Jenny. Well, Jenny, then, we agree. We're going to have issues tonight. I can feel it. 
Honestly, I'm just getting ready for Snape and Dumbledore. Oh, dear. <laughs> I feel like we're going to save that as, like, our finale. That, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That's going to be rough. Anyways, so obviously Dobby at the end of book two is freed by Lucius uh, because of a wonderful, brilliant trick by Harry. Um, but this is also one of those like hashtag I have questions. I'm so happy because... that hashtag lives again, honestly. I know. So, okay. If the sock wasn't intentionally given to him because it wasn't, but he still was able to be freed. So like these house elves can never do laundry they can yeah. never like touch a piece of clothing yeah just i just that's just why yeah I it. <laughs> and I, then it's just i feel also, like it was almost too easy like like can it be anybody in the family like what if your baby mistakenly throws like his bib at the house elf then like is he just free i don't know i feel like there's a lot of questions here <laughs> where do we draw the line Where's the boundaries? Where are the rules? Yeah. I feel like, I mean, like, I feel like if wizards really wanted to really overpower them, it would be like a very specific, I have to physically say, here's your freedom. Here's some clothes. Yeah, I agree. To go out into the world. Like, I feel like this rule was not really well thought out by wizards. And then the brilliant house elves were like, <laughs> loopholes. <laughs> I, po- I have a possible theory that I'm going to save for later. Ooh, when we talk oh about my Winky. God, Marianne, no, you have so many pins. Easy, I do guys. have a lot of pins. It's because it's uh, it just all leads back to Winky. But we'll get there oh, when we get yeah, there. Yeah, you are like heavy on the winks. Yes. Because <laughs> it's a it's a crowd. It's the crouch house elf. I'm really excited. But also, I'll just say that that scene in the movie where Harry, like, lifts up his pant leg and he's missing that sock. Oh, grosses me out every time. Brilliant. I'm like, that is disgusting. (laughs) Your shoes are going to smell so bad. It makes me very mad, actually. Oh, my God. But it's so good. I actually prefer the way they did it in the movies over the Mm -hmm. books. I'm like, for sure. Nausea inducing. Well, they also had those improvised lines at the end of that, that scene, was, too, yeah. which is just classic. It's just good. It's, it's so good. Jason Isaacs is magic. <laughs> Amazing. So we technically had another outpost, but, like, we had really good outposts this week. But yeah. a lot of them were going to be answered throughout the episode. So this is another one from It's Christy Time. Mm-hmm. And so she asked, like, do you really believe Dobby was a good character? Like, does this mean that we can actually forgive him? For all the times that he almost killed Harry. I feel like yes. Yeah. Because like in the end. Like at least his heart was in the right place. And Harry didn't actually die. But if Harry did die. Then I'd be like yes his fault. I think if Harry can forgive Dobby. We can all forgive Dobby. Yeah. That's <laughs> I like, so. I feel like. Harry is the most important person in the yeah. equation here. But That's the one that needs like, to for, like Book accept. seven is just like. If you hadn't already like made your peace with it. Like it's just so redeemable. That I cannot. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I, I there's several tear marks in that part of the book. Like, let's not even go there. Anyways, so. <laughs> speaking so now of. Now we're going to go there. <laughs> now we're going to go there. Go <laughs> next time. The next time we see Dobby, um, at least in the books, is Goblet of Fire. Um, that's when Dumbledore employs him to work in the kitchens uh, with pay. And he's got one day off a month. Uh, so we're seeing some sort of benefits um this is also around the time that herm creates spoo spew spoo spoo uh that's when hermione creates spew which we'll get to obviously later 
Um, and then during Goblet of Fire, we see him take care and look out for another house elf, Winky, my girl. Um, and she's <laughs> obviously going through a lot. Um, we can really see how like much of a good friend he is uh, for doing that. Also for giving Harry Gillyweed for the second task um, in the tournament. Um, I mean, yeah, it was because of Barty Crouch Jr., but we don't have to talk about that. Um, <laughs> he still did it, which is what's most important. He was looking out for Harry. And it's like it, that that part is actually such like a rock and a hard place for me because I love that it was Dobby that gave Harry the gillyweed in the books. But when the movies came, yeah, Neville, the movie, Neville. when Neville did it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's like two two characters that needed lights. Why couldn't it happen? Like, cr- what writers are creative? Why couldn't they both been in on it? I don't know. <laughs> Dobby and Neville are like, here, Harry. <laughs> They could, for the movie's sake, they couldn't both do it because then they would literally have to animate Dobby for one scene. Amazing. Like I was about to say, in the movies, is Dobby in it at all? No, no. he's not in the movie at all. The next time mm. that we see him, I think is in the fifth movie, right? Or is that just my imagination? No, I think we literally don't see him until the seventh movie. Honestly, wow. sometimes, like, I I really have, like, certain scenes of the books, like, perfectly imagined, and sometimes I get confused. I'm like, wait a second, is that in the movie or not? No. He, we literally don't see him until the seventh movie. Wow, so then Because there's two mo- different animations of him. How are, how are moviegoers supposed to, like, get, like, emotional over his death if they've only seen him twice? I mean, I... I still was emotional from his death. You also read the books. Yeah, but I had family members that didn't read the books and they were still emotional. I think it still happens. I think there's a lot to be said with that character coming to life. Like He's so tiny with Mm -hmm. his big shoes and his little towel. He's so cute. Yeah, that's true. Anyways. Moving on. Um, he comes in super clutch and tells Harry about the room of requirement uh, when they obviously need Amazing. a room for Dumbledore's army. Um, then in Half-Blood Prince, he spies on Draco with Creature and tells Harry he's spending time in the room of requirement uh, when he's mending the cabinet. And then in Deathly Hallows, we see him again and in the movies uh, for the first time. Well, second time, I guess. Uh, when the trio was locked up in the basement of Malfoy Manor and Dobby was sent to rescue them by Aberforth. Yeah, little queen. Um, but anyways, <laughs> shortly thereafter, Bellatrix kills him by throwing a dagger into the spot where they were separating and it ends up killing Dobby and all of our hearts shatter. Harry b- buries properly at Chill Cottage and that's the end. And nope. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, well, I will say that. I mean, obviously, his death is significant, but um, I think it really helps propel Harry uh, forward in the story because when he does that, so they obviously dig him that grave, um, you know, like by hand or whatever without magic. Oh my God, here we go. She's Elizabeth is that I full on tearing up right now, and so I feel like Grip Hook then notices like all of the respect that Harry and Co paid to Dobby. And then yeah. he's like, yo, I'm going to help you out. Elizabeth, I swear, you have to introduce Winky and you cannot be crying when you do it. This is your fault, Jenny. I breezed by through this. So I was like, let's go continue. And I you wanted like, to marinate in this. I so like I didn't, it's not that I wanted to marinate. It's that we have to explain, like, that is a big part of the plot. Like, then Griphook is like, yeah, I'm going to help you get this Horcrux, bruh. And it's because of that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't even. Okay, moving on into Winky. I will take the first couple of lines if I need to. No, I'm good. Get it together. I can pull myself together. Oh R.I.P. Dobby. You're like a sad puppy. I am. <laughs> I can't deal with you right now. 
Anyways, don't mess with my feelings, okay? You got to be emotional at the beginning. Yeah, because I'm emotional like once every 20 years. <sighs> Anyways. Winky! Yeah, Winky! I love Winky. Oh. <laughs> I kind of don't like her. I mean, you said that. Did you say the last episode she was your favorite? Jenny, don't come coming here no, with those hashtag alleged facts. Creature was my favorite. Don't get it twisted. No, you almost said Winky. Who? One of you. One of you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna come? I'm, I'm literally about to live play our last episode for you to get you the hashtag facts. I need oh, the fear, Lord. I need the facts because I swear, if it wasn't you, then it had to have been Elizabeth. But I'm, pr I'm pretty sure it was you, Jenny. Already on the episode. Already on the episode. <laughs> I said my favorite was not even a real house elf. It's, it's thanks to pee pups. Pee -pee. So maybe it was Elizabeth and I was thinking pee pee was winky. Ew, why are we listening to me? That's not <laughs> what we're I'm looking for. I'm literally proving the facts for you. I took it a step forward Kay. after the live Google and I'm live podcasting on our podcast. <laughs> I'm podcasting. This is not, what we're doing right now would be more like live podcasting. <laughs> Wait, I'm not going to save it. Spoiler oh, alert. I'm just kidding. It's Creature. Boom. <laughs> oh, boom. So why did I think it was? I think it was. I think Elizabeth. I was yeah. thinking Winky. Yep. Mm -hmm. Definitely I'll had to be. apology in a written note, a tweet, a video. You'll right never now. get it. Just out of spite now. <laughs> You're going to go for the rest of your life. Never saying. having that apology. Just saying. That Anyways, was my level of pettiness, my level of savagery that I played a podcast on our podcast <laughs> to prove a point. Hi, mi madre. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Anywho's. So I don't even know where Winky. we were. Just talking about Winky. Literally, Just Elizabeth was crying and she was getting it together. So, yep, that's it. So, again, we meet Winky in Goblet of Fire. She's serving oh, the yeah, Crouch nice. family. Oh, yeah. poor girl. I feel so bad for her. She is blamed. Oh my god. Blamed for casting the dark mark and is fired by Mr. Crouch. And then she ends up working at Hogwarts with Dobby. And she is not happy about this at Honestly, all. I don't even think that she was working, to be quite frank. Not like, really, no. Yeah, no. In there like drinking. Yeah. yeah. She had a job, but she was like, no, I only serve the Crouches. <laughs> Basically, yes. glug 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 glug. <laughs> glug, 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 glug. It's so interesting that you know this author, or whatever, decided to bring up like this different dynamic because it gives us an interesting look at like the different ways house elves view their freedom. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure in other societies of indentured servitude or even you know slavery, there were some people who were just like thankful that they had a life that they didn't question that they were oppressed. Um, but, you know, anyways, not going to go into that deep, dark stuff right now. Uh, Dobby was super happy to be free. Winky was not. She basically was so depressed that, you know, she failed her life's job. And her job was to serve one family until the day she died that she basically became an alcoholic and drank so much butterbeer which makes me think butterbeer is actually alcoholic. It is yes. alcoholic. I was oh my say, God. I was like, when I knew. Oh my God. I used to question all the time. Yeah. But we like, were questioning yeah. it several episodes ago. Yeah, and, like, we were. I just forgot. 
Yes. And then I wrote this and I was just like, oh. It's alcoholic. Man, the answer was mm-hmm. there the whole time. Oh, it's whole just time. it's a very small percentage of um like alcohol property, but for a house elf, it was just enough to kind of yeah. like tip her over every time. Well, I'm sure she's a lightweight because they're like super silent, like tiny. Yeah, yeah. But in general, like it's for all of them. I just like I, I shakes me that they're just like letting these kids take little weekend trips to the village and they're just like drinking <laughs> and this is normal. Also, I'm listening to Half Blood Prince right now, and Slughorn is just like, "Yo, my bro, we're at a funeral. You want some mead?" And I'm just like, "What? Do wizards just start drinking at 11? Like, is that it?" Europe is different, y'all. They yeah. don't have not that different. It is very different. Yeah. They, kids grow up in their houses, like drinking from like the very, very young ages, and it's not like weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess my parents let me try alcohol very young, but mm-hmm. no, no. Like, see, my parents. My parents were very strict and they're like, you will not have a taste of alcohol until you're 21. And then I went to live in Rome for two months when I was 20. I don't, and even, so- I don't even want to tell you how young I was when I had like my first sip of beer. Because honestly, like thinking about it now, I'm like my parents <laughs> could have gotten like arrested. <laughs> but I feel like they were super typical Cuban where they're like, let's put your pacifier in some alcohol and shut you up. <laughs> oh yeah i don't know how many like people have told me that to do yes. with julie yes but anyways i'm sorry back to like not real life anyways um so she unfortunately became a hella alcoholic never did her job all the other house elves were super embarrassed by her like they were she was a shame to their kind um she was super loyal to the crouch family and their secrets even after being fired, she had no reason to keep their secrets anymore, but she still did. Um, you know, Winky is what I think what the more typical house elf reaction would be if they were set free. You know, they were literally bred to think this way, that they were meant to be a part of this family and to serve them until the day they died and they're only loyal to them. It's it, It's very interesting. And... You know, I think she outlines, you know, the the problematic part of Spew. And I think this is where Marianne's about to do a big unpin. <laughs> and that's and it's the way that Hermione handled Spew and the way she went about it. I'm going to just rant later. Yeah. So it's the whole we're, section we're about to get into it. Marianne. All right. So before we get into the whole spew rant later on, um, I just want to like marinate a little bit on my pin um, and just think about how like marinate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just how like it's just so sad that Winky was embarrassed of being let go by the Crouch family. And I think that just kind of shows that there's probably a system, uh, a systemic approach when it comes to keeping elves tethered to their enslavement, enslavement, sorry. Um, Like, I think we can see this a lot. And this goes back to Raul's question earlier in the episode of like, what was probably the purpose of, um, you know, seeing Spew and seeing the house elves and stuff like that. And yeah, slavery is definitely like the biggest one, but I see a lot of like uh, themes of addiction and even self-harm when it comes to um, the house elves and Spew itself, because, you know, they had to have been taught to have been embarrassed and ashamed of being freed. I mean, we can see it when like Winky talks, uh, talks to Dobby about like, 
being freed. We can see it when she ends up having a literal drinking problem. Like I'm, I am not a person to talk knowingly about addiction, but at least from the way I've seen it portrayed in, you know, movies and books and stuff like that, is that something always kind of, kind of like leads to that. And it's like triggering almost. So I can only imagine that it, this had to have been such a traumatic experience to be freed that it triggered her having this addiction. And I didn't, I mean, like reading the books, like I didn't understand how heavy that was, even though that, yeah, that was a theme and I could be like, yeah, she was drinking, but it's butterbeer. Like everyone else is drinking butterbeer. Like it didn't really hit me until later on, especially preparing for this episode that like that, that must've been something that there were generations and generations and generations of house elves being taught that this was the right thing to do. This was the right way to live their life. And for Winky, it was her entire life. Like it was as if somebody came up to me and was like, all right, you can't be a director anymore. Now you can't, you can't be an actor anymore. You can't sing whatever. And that, and that was taken ripped away from me. I would have nothing. Like I would feel purposeless in life. And even if someone tried to help me out, like, I don't know how like sane of mind I could be to really understand what was happening. And that's pretty much what happened with her. She was literally twisted enough to the point that she thought it was wrong to have her own life, her own life. Like these people betrayed her. These people framed her for a crime she didn't commit. And it's not like the, the house elves have rights at all like that. They could go to school. They can have their own lives or anything like that. So she's just like, I'm so upset because I'm not serving the people I want to serve. You know, it's just, it's, it, I don't know. I just, I feel like wizards put a lot of roadblocks in place. Maybe not even the good wizards that have the house elves. Like, I don't want to say that Barty Crouch Sr. was completely bad or completely good. He was probably a great character, but you could see that like wizards back in the day, Wixes put a lot of roadblocks in place to make sure that the elves thought they wanted to be enslaved by wizards. They really did like put, put them in that box and, and it had to have been for a very long time. I can only imagine like, has this been going on since like, as long as the statute of secrecy has been a thing? I don't know. It's scary and sad. What? Yeah, it is. It's a very heavy topic, especially with her, because I feel like that is the most dramatic point of view that JK gives us. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it seems like it's extreme, but somehow I feel like it's not really an extreme reaction amongst like the, oh my God, Elizabeth is crying again, I think. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let me just wrap it up. Um, So basically the last thing that I kind of wanted to just to say about Winky is I really just feel like she had no autonomy and that goes for a lot of other elves, I'm sure. Um, But through the story, it just seems like she was so tied to the Crouch family and held their beliefs. And like, it was just like, she didn't even make up her own mind. It's not even like I work for these people and I don't agree. It was just like, whatever they believed and whatever they said is what was real to her. She and did. That's just so sad. She did end up fighting in the battle of Hogwarts. Yeah. We can Which say that. I think it's a great turnaround. I think it's yeah. a good sign, but I mean, who knows? I feel like it's a very interesting topic, I guess. I just mm-hmm. wish that we would have gotten more background information, more historical information about it so that we could really see where it was coming from and where all of this stemmed from. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. She's so definitely like in. one side of the spectrum. Like, I think 
Yeah. Because we we see three house elves most prominently around like the seven books and movies. And she's the one side of the spectrum that's completely against being freed. Dobby is the the side of the spectrum that's like, no, we have to be free. And then we've got Creature. Creature. Creature who's a little bit more gray. And we're going to discuss a little bit about that. But to start off. A gray elf who works with a black family. Literally. Isn't it crazy? Wow. <laughs> to start off, we've got etymology. Yes. yes. So creature's name obviously is a little bit more uh, obvious. Um, <laughs> so it's probably mostly derived by the word creature since it what? sounds a lot like that. Whoa, right? Crazy. Um, it's reminiscent to the German creature or creature. Kreiker? I don't know how to speak German. So <laughs> someone can please correct me on that. Um, or Andrin does, so maybe he can help us. Maybe Andrin can. Maybe. Um, derived from Kraken, I'm assuming that's how you say it, which means to creep, crawl, cringe, no, grovel, no, tuckle, no. or fawn upon. I'm just having like a whoosh. <laughs> when I went to Germany, I visited yes. that castle called Noschwanstein. So yes. I think that the CH is like a sh sound. A sh. That's so Christian? I, I don't know. Christian? Maybe I am butchering this and I'm not gonna I'm try sorry again. that we are butchering this language. And but I if know. you can send us like a video on our Patreon <laughs> and just correct us, please. Correct Listen, how I we say this thing. Two things, like two things in German or Dutch. I'm really not sure what the oh, language no. is called. So I feel like I'm you know what I'm just gonna shut up. So <laughs> creature. My Anywho. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? I'm trying hard. I know, I know. It was just really funny. On Duolingo, it's German. Whatever. Anyways, my personal favorite elf, as we've discovered, creature. So this might sound, if you know me like at all, like horribly confusing because I figure that he is like responsible for Sirius's death in a major way. But I feel like he did kind of like make a turnaround. I don't know. There's something about creature that I feel like there's a lot of lessons in his character, to be honest. But we'll Mm -hmm. get there. So the first time that we see creature is in Order of the Phoenix. When we arrive at number 12, Grimald Place for the first time, and he is just like horribly um, unstable is what I would call him. And we learn that he is the house elf for the black family. So I almost kind of see some sort of maybe let's call it a parallel between him and Draco in the way that he was raised in a household that appreciated the dark arts. And he was raised to believe certain things and act a certain way, which I feel like Draco is also like that. But um, we also see that with Winky, by the way. But she wasn't evil, so I kind of didn't bring it up. But <laughs> originally, I was, like, disgusted by his character with all, like, the mumbling under his breath about mudbloods and blood traitors and how, you know, the black mother figure, whatever her name is, like, Walburga or whatever, how she'd be so disgusted with how her house is being used. And I was like, what is this dude's problem? But then I guess I felt like a certain level of empathy, I guess the word would be. Oh, Ooh, I know. So, complicated. Mm. so um, I just feel like he is gray, a character that is gray and he's very mm-hmm. complex. And I took this from the Wizarding World. It says creature was perhaps the most complex of the house elf characters in Harry Potter. Not to overstate it, but he might have been one of the most complex characters in the series full stop. And to be honest, I kind of like agree wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah. 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 Not I kind of. I agree wholeheartedly because when you start looking at the characters, I feel like they boil down to something very simple. Like 
Lupin is kind of complicated, but it all boils down to something simple. Harry, like, come on. Hermione, Ron, it's the same thing. And then you get to Creature and you're like, wait a second. Like, he does have this nuance to his character. And I kind of appreciate that. But I think with Dobby being the exception, house elves are really like a product of their environment. I feel like Mm -hmm. Dobby is that one exception to the rule. But I feel like what you see in all the other house elf characters is they kind of just go by what the family says. Like they're very much a product of their environment. It's like full nurture instead of nature. And I feel like that's just what happened to Creature. Like he served this very dark family and he was taught to believe all these things. And I feel like that was just his world for a while. And that's all he knew, to be honest. Mm -hmm. but I feel like most importantly he inherited that prejudice I don't feel like the prejudice was innate within him more so that he inherited it from that family for sure these are my thoughts (laughs) all right so creature interprets an order from Sirius literally when Sirius yells out and leaves the house unfortunately for us and Sirius he is able to find Narcissa and Bellatrix cousins of Sirius in case you didn't know. And he passes on information to them. Oh. As Dumbledore... <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's, it's fine. all fine. We're just going to cry again. We're just, we're just breezing by through this because we're not... We're I, too many tears. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay. As Dumbledore mentions to Harry information that was strictly banned by the Order. Things like Harry and Sirius love each other and would do anything for one another. That he had come to regard Sirius as a father figure. Stuff like that. Ultimately, Creature arms the Death Eaters with the information that leads to Sirius's death. An unforgivable oh thing. Unforgivable! <laughs> I was so... I was waiting for it. I was like, an unforgivable thing. <laughs> Harry obviously comes to hate Creature because of that. Like, even more than he did before. Um, Understandably and, so. Like, yes. for sure. And yeah. I would just like to say that, like, what Creature did was totally unforgivable forgivable but also Sirius kind of reaped what he sowed like I know it was difficult to have a constant living reminder like outside of the actual house of a childhood that he hated but he also kind of treated creature that uh, that with astonishing disrespect and it wasn't really okay I mean I'm sure it was something that kind of tore like his like relationship with his brother even more so and we obviously know how creature and regulus were very close so just it was like tipping point i think for creature creature was not having it i agree i feel like sirius's treatment of him is just so horrible but and this is something that i really hadn't thought about i saw on our twitter feed and now i wish i knew who had said it but somebody made a really good point like this last week sirius was stuck in azkaban for so long and I feel like for all that time, he really didn't have a chance to grow up. Yeah. So I feel like the series yeah. that we see is just like kind of lagging. Like he's like 12 years behind. Like he's still this young buck kid who hasn't really been able to deal with he's his still, emotions. He's still 21 mm-hmm. mentally. Yeah, I feel Absolutely. that. Yeah. And even then, like we already knew that he was immature. So I feel like at that, he's like an immature 21-year-old who's mm-hmm. now thrust into being a godfather and having a house and, you know, like being part of the order. And I feel like it's a lot for his mental state, not mm-hmm. to justify his behavior, but just to kind of explain, I think the background that he's coming from. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, eventually, unfortunately, due to the unforgivable <laughs> circumstances, creature is now Harry's creature is Harry's property. Unfortunately, when Harry inherits the house, they come together, which is like 
really weird because I had to say the word property. Like he was literally considered property to be able to be shuffled around in a will. Like that's not okay. And um, so we learned that he actually is Harry's when he tried to summon him to the Dursley's house and he actually like shows up like, whoa, Mm -hmm. Harry was just like trying something out. And I, oh, the money I would have paid (laughs) to see Vernon and and Petunia's (laughs) throwback reaction to having this, not just a house elf, but this 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 particularly old, sorry, decrepit, (laughs) dirty house elf. Mean house elf. He was mean. up into their pristine OCD clean house. Oh, amazing. Uh, Amazing. That should have been in the movies just for that reaction. It would have been worth its weight in gold. (laughs) Just like actually also would have been like the worth of gold. Like you have to pay so drop so much money for it, but we would have dropped it. It's fine. I would (laughs) have. Um, so he goes to spy on Draco, even though he doesn't want to, because he's bound by his enslavement. Which is like, this is like with where like things are getting iffy, especially in like Hermione's realm of things, because like she wasn't okay with Harry doing all this, but then she also like didn't do much to stop it. She didn't know. Oh, that's right. She finds out after the fact when they're like, they just like boom, apparate, and he's like, "Here are the updates, sir." And Hermione's like, "Excuse me, excuse me." Yeah. Well, I was about to say, I was like, there's no way Hermione would just like let all this slide. She did it. <laughs> oh, by the way, I didn't mention this, but she never knew that Winky was alcoholic. They, no, they like, yeah. they couldn't, they couldn't tell Hermione because like Hermione was, would have been like, had a problem obviously. And like would have gone into it. It's bad. But anyways, yeah, we're, we're going to get into the Hermione problem soon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we see him again in Deathly Hollows. That's like where we kind of see more of like his redemption arc. Um, and Harry and Co are hunting for Horcruxes. They use Grimmel Place as their safe house. Ron and Hermione do some flirting, you know, the usual. <laughs> the piano, I can't. So cute. And um, this is like a really different creature than we ever saw before, just because Harry gave him the gift of his master's locket. And he's like so honored and all of a sudden he's like Harry ain't bad he's cool I'll do whatever he wants and you know he cleans the house he makes food you know look at this when you treat someone with respect they'll give you respect back (laughs) (laughs) so his backstory we can talk about a little bit Um, I find it super interesting but in 1979 Lady V was like yo Death Eaters like I'm putting out a little bit of a survey here, like who's got a house elf that I could use for some <laughs> secret s- stuff. And Regulus is like, whoa, I have a house elf. Take him. So he goes to a uh, creature, goes to the cave with Lady V, and he's forced to drink that horrible potion that we see Dumbledore drink. And then uh, basically he drinks the potion. Voldemort throws the locket in there. And then he's like, peace out. Bye. And so he underestimates other creatures yet again. His undoing. Yeah. And so basically the last thing that we see after Lady V is like, I really don't care about you is that he is like going to drink the water from the lake 
and you can actually see like an Inferi grabbing at creature. But Regulus was like, go do this thing and then come back. So he came back. Um, which I guess is like, I always thought that it was because Regulus gave him like a quote unquote order to finish his task and come back. That's why I thought he came back. But I think it's just because house elves have a different type of magic than wizards do. So he was just basically able to apparate anyways. Mm -hmm. But we'll just call it 50-50. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's both. I think it's like their magic is strong enough to that Voldemort didn't account for it because, you know, he never accounts for any of the good magic. Yeah. And also because he was so tied to his family that like he was bound to follow that order. Yes, I agree. So, uh, basically, he gets back, and he gives him the tea, and him and Regulus, like, travel to the cave again, and Creature drinks the potion for Regulus, and and that's Damn where creature, Regulus so loyal. switches, uh, right? And that's where he switches the locket, where Regulus places the fake one and takes the real one, and then Regulus, he's like, I'ma just die here, take the locket back, and uh, and do your thing, bro. Oh, wait a second. I think I said that incorrectly. Regulus drinks the potion. And he's like, I'm going to die yeah. here. You take the locket and you destroy it. And Creature's like, I got you, fam. But I'm also really sad right now. <laughs> and so basically, uh, that's when Regulus dies. And that's who we see the inferi coming up to get. Wow, I'm so messed up on this. <laughs> but basically, Creature's like, all right, fam, bye. And then Regulus, I don't know, maybe dies. It's hashtag unconfirmed. So I'm going to just dies. I'm nobody, no proof. Nobody, no proof. I'm you guys are ridiculous. I'm reaching for the monkey bars. And I'm going to just say, we don't actually see him die. And he could have just become a cat. But whatever. Anyway, he died. It's fine. This is all very sad and very traumatizing. But even sadder is that creature gets back and literally cannot destroy this locket. And I can't imagine, like, already, just, like, without the enslavement, like, you must be just feeling so much failure because... Like, you couldn't do your fave a solid, and he died for this. And then, on top of that, you feel all of that stuff as a house elf. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. But I am happy that Creature kind of made that turnaround um, after, you know, like, Harry starts treating him with respect, and we find out all this stuff about Regulus. But I just want to say, like, I think he internalized all of that pain and all of that hurt. And then think about it. Like, he lived alone forever, kind of like Sirius did in Azkaban. And then all of a sudden, like, people show up at his house. They're throwing out all kinds of crazy ideas that he's never heard before because he lived with horrible, horrible people. And Sirius is treating him like crap. And then he just kind of makes this turnaround. And that's where I think I see the empathy in it. Like, he does start to show, like, a different side to him. And I Mm -hmm. feel like, I don't know, just all of the feelings with Regulus, I was just like, creature, boy love you you know what's crazy and sad is that if Sirius treated creature a little bit better maybe he would have known that regulus died for the right reasons before Sirius died i mean yeah that too but like it's still didn't tell him like even if creature didn't share the story with him right like he would have been alive and maybe he would have made it to deathly hallows and harry would have been like yo your brother did this thing yeah, but what bothers me the most is that Sirius never knew that Regulus, you know, know. changed his mind. I feel like okay. we've reached, like, the epitome of his turnaround because he is literally the elf that leads the other house elves into battle at the mm-hmm. Battle of Hogwarts. He is. And mm-hmm. while I don't think that he's a fully redeemable character, I do think that there is just an important lesson in his character 
Because I feel like it's just a reminder to watch how you treat others and you mm-hmm. never know what someone else is going through. But also karma is hella real. He's a great character. He's That's why we like him. Gray. He is so, so complex. I'm sure now that we're done with Creature, y'all are thinking like, okay, they've covered the three house elves. We're going to get into the spew stuff, the hashtag political themes. But hold up. You, you can't wrong. forget. There was one other house elf that... You know, honest to God, I probably forgot before today. <laughs> it's not Pee-Pee from Puffs. Pee-pee. It's not Pee-Pee. It is Hokey. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's so many. Oh, my God. No way. Anyways, Hokey. I'm sure some of you are like, Hokey, Elizabeth, what the bleep are you talking about? You just bleeped yourself. <laughs> yes. I can't. So... In case you forgot, Hokey is the house elf that belonged to Hebzibah Smith. And we know her because Lady V collected the Hufflecup, Hufflepuff Cup. I can't say that. (laughs) Hufflecup. Hufflecup. That's what it should have really been called. (laughs) And Locket for the Horcrux from her. So already starting to be a big character. But then. (laughs) But then. But then. Um, we also see, so obviously Lady V is involved here and we know that because of the memories that Hokey gives Dumbledore. And so now we're going to bring in our favorite gray character, Dumbledore. But I feel like it shows that Dumbledore is always willing to be like, yo, like other creatures have value what but i feel like this bothers me because i feel like dumbledore is like yeah like house elves are super important i'm gonna collect this memory from her wow what a great thing she's done for the movement and i feel like throughout the book he's agreeing with hermione saying that there needs to be better treatment of house elves but then like y'all have all this power what are you doing with it i feel like he's just passively agreeing with hermione but he's not using his influence or his platform to do anything about it and it bothers me. And that's just what I wanted to say about Dumbledore. So I think that's a pretty good segue going into spew. Yeah. So um, I don't have this is not etymology technically, but I've got some later on. But anyways, it's uh, spew stands for Society for the Promotion of Elfish Welfare. That was not the first name for it. it had a completely other name. I tried memorizing it earlier, but mm, we're not going to do that. Um, and it was created in 1994 by our fave witch, Hermione Granger. Weasley, because she's married. <laughs> so, um, this is actually super problematic for me. And it actually pissed me right off when I was reading the books. And I feel like it outlines some of the more problematic nature in Hermione's character overall. And mm. so we're going to give you a three bullet points as to why. Ooh. All we're right. organized today. We're three organized. bullet points. So number one, and this is something that kind of like with any campaign, if you're fighting for a specific cause, um, just something that I considered something problematic was that Hermione never really considered or spoke to any like house elves. If you're fighting for house elves, she never really considered them or spoke to them directly. So that's just kind of leaves a distaste because there, there's many house elves out there that, again, we just talked about how they were raised and they were brought up. They don't really 
are for the idea of being freed. So um, instead of speaking to one of them and kind of understanding their perspective, she just kind of saw what was a problem to her, assumed whatever she experienced they were having and continued on her ways anyway. So obviously very problematic. Our second point is, you know, she makes Harry and Ron be on the board of this, but yet again is not including any elves on the board or elves in the process. And for me, this is like super, super reminiscent to the autistic community. The autistic community, if you guys aren't aware, especially adult autistics are super against Autism Speaks because they have no one who's actually autistic on their board promoting for their rights. And they still have the stance of curing autism, believe what? it or not. Yes, I'm about to blow everyone's mind who's not in this community. What? Mm-hmm. Here I was thinking that this is so problematic. I should have known. I thought we weren't going to be able to find like a real life example. So I was going to no. dumb it down for everybody and be like, it'd be like having a board of people fighting for women's rights and it's all like men. No, but there's here so we many. Are. In 2020, yeah, with this ridiculousness. No, there's yep. so many world, real world examples of it. Like there's com- really there's sad. conferences and conventions out there, like specifically for female empowerment, that are all run by men. And it's like, huh? So basically, you're gonna come and teach me how I need to be empowered and profit off of me? No. Oh there's, yeah, there's plenty of it. It it even happened at one of my own like conferences for my career. It, we were at a specific panel about you know some there's a discrepancy in my field where men are more in power than women and women have been put down in my field. And guess who was leading the panel? A man. Hmm. And it's not, and it's not to say that like people in power shouldn't be giving other people who don't have those powers, those marginalized people, like a voice. Yes. Like you, like, for example, with this whole like BLM movement going on, if you've got, you know, you got white privilege, sure. Use it to your advantage, but don't talk over a person who is marginalized. You are there to give voices to the people that are unheard. You just have to be very careful and understanding of how to use that. Be educated. Yeah. Like the one of the most problematic things with Hermione is she just goes and tells the elves what their problems are. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she's just like, mm, you guys shouldn't be enslaved. You should be working. You should have breaks. You should do this, this and this without even considering what they actually wanted. And like granted, like the elves mentalities were so skewed after so many years of like forced and bred enslavement yes it's hard to break that mold but again and then she decides that they're too far gone that they're so far gone that she's like oh i'm just gonna ignore them and, and i'm gonna promote what i think is best for them anyway come on girl <laughs> come on girl come on Herm. is it my turn i'm ready Oh, yeah. no, no, it's not your turn yet. I have one more. <laughs> okay. And then, wait. you know, how, like, how in the world are you going to represent elfish struggle without an elf? Like, she only has a human outlook. Like, she didn't even get that much input from Dobby. Like, uh, listen, listen. 
this is like a huge theme for me in the books where like basically in life where people are just like we're better than everything else because we're people and i'm not here for it but this reminds (laughs) me and i don't want to get too much into it because i feel like at this point in time i can't remember enough of it to like accurately portray it but i will say that when i was in school i focused a lot on middle eastern studies because that's just like what my teacher was getting his phd well what, what he had his phd in and so we just focused a lot on that and there was a lot of how do you say um turmoil around americans believing that muslim women wearing any sort of face covering like a burqa or anything like that was a huge problem because they americans saw it as muslim men oppressing their women but actually anthropologists who were going out and talking to these women the women were actually like we don't have a problem with it at all it's something that our religion takes very seriously and i see it as a form of respect and i prefer to wear this but i don't have to and so there was um a lot of issue with just people deciding that this was a form of oppression but they weren't listening to the people that it was actually happening to And so I don't want to get super into it because I can't remember a lot of the facts, but this is actually super reminiscent of that for me. But we'll move on into the next bullet point. Um, Something that is super freaking annoying to me is that she knits all of those hats and the mittens and the socks or whatever it is that she's knitting. And she literally leaves them out. And she says herself in places that she thinks they're going to like pick them up so that she could free them. And I cannot even begin to describe what kind of backwards freaking activism this is. It is so infuriating to me that you would think that you have the intelligence to try and tell this whole like species that something is wrong and then you're going to trick them into doing what you want them to do. And I get so freaking annoyed. But I just think that Obviously, it was problematic that she was ignoring them, but I feel like the first step in any movement, honestly, for me, it comes back to education and addressing the ignorance around the issue. And I feel like she skipped like 25 steps and went straight to like the last step. And I feel like A, had Dumbledore stepped in, he could have been able to help. But B, had she maybe tackled the issue in a different way, then she would have ended up not insulting either sides, both wizards and elves, because I feel like she insults both. And she would have gotten progress. And I just. (laughs) I want to just say two things really quickly. One of them was one that I forgot to say earlier, but kind of really fits to this point. Um, But I'll say the second one first. She technically, we got to give her a break. She was 13, 14 at this time. 15. She was 15. This is fourth year. Yeah, but she, so her birthday is in September. So on September 1st, she's 14, which makes her in the same year. But on her birthday, she technically turns the next year. She's like me, one of the older ones. I will I will take your word for it because I don't remember that. But um, either way, I was I can say my personal opinion, my 15 year old self was not as woke. So if I like I, I got to give her props for just doing it in general. But that was my my first point really my second point was the one that i wanted to bring up earlier but going back to talking about the hats and the mittens and stuff like that um i know we had like kind of discussed before about like how does it work right the whole like like how how does it have to work that you give the house elves the the mittens and the and the clothes and whatever it has to be that they're all of a sudden freed i mean like 
what did Hermione think? Like, you're not the house. El- you're, you're, you don't, I hate to say it, but you're not the one that owns the house elf. So That's it wouldn't true. have worked anyways if you just laid out all those clothes there. Because technically, if what we know as the rules, it had to have come from their quote unquote master. But, but this is the point that I was going to say earlier that I forgot is that it goes back to the way that I think these house elves were brought and raised and not just like this generation, but I think it was something that was literally instilled in them for thousands of generations that I think, what if my theory, what if there was no rule at all? And it really was just, they could have chosen to say no and walk away themselves. And they were just like, brought up to think that it was literally magic that ma- it had to have been uh, um, uh, some sort of like passing of clothing in order for them to like be actually freed. What if that really mm. didn't exist? What That's if it what- was, what if it was just, it was like some lore, some myth that was told to them that you can't, you're not actually freed. What would happen to them if they were to just walk away without getting that piece of clothing? That's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. Like to think that it was just like almost like this, like, you know, like those childhood stories that are supposed to scare you like that type Mm -hmm. of thing. And that's what the humans told the house elves Mm -hmm. in order to keep them enslaved, because I think like maybe some of them might have realized that the house elves are actually a little bit more powerful than they are. And Mm -hmm. they got scared. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that lie was told. And and how would you know? I just yeah, I wonder like. So that's so interesting because Dobby obviously wanted nothing to do with the Malfoys. So when he injured himself because he was about to spill their secrets, was it a magic forcing him to injure himself or was it just self-harm mentality? I don't think so because he even harms himself in later books once he's been freed because he thinks that he's upset Harry. Yeah. Like I think they're in the hospital and he goes Mm -hmm. to like grab the lamp or something like that. So mm-hmm. I feel like it really just was ingrained in him. Like, I don't think it was, it was like a specific magic. It was self-harm. It, yeah. it it was all mental. It was all mental. So and isn't that so screwed up? Like, I want to say a different word, but yeah. it's screwed up. Yeah, that's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. Like, oh, my God, I kind of hope that like at some point we get like some type of story or whatever and like find out were there ever actual house elves that tried to run away and like did something happen to them? Like, were they literally bound or? Or was it something? Maybe they were silenced if they did figure it out. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they were murdered. Murdered. Dun, dun, dun. It's like Clue. Whoa. Well, wow, this is I'm really not- sad, honestly. I'm like shooketh right now. <laughs> Thank wow. you. That was my theory that I had earlier that I almost forgot. Thank goodness. Ooh, that triggered me. <laughs> Did you mention that your last points, Jenny? I think she did. Yeah. Okay. Do I continue on them? Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. So I wouldn't be the shipper I am if I didn't bring (laughs) this fact up. So I would just like to say that even though, you know, Hermione and her 15 year old self did have some problematic issues when it came to the founding of Spew. We have to thank Spew's existence for many things, but if not the most important is that there would be no Romione if it weren't for Spew. 
no. So I it- feel like at this point, the only reason that I believe in romantic love is because Marianne has such a strong tie to every ship that could sail. I yep. Because I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And this is, if for those of you who need that little refresher of what I'm talking about right now, is that if it wasn't for Ron showing concern and sympathy for the house elves in book eight. Seven! There's seven books, Marianne! I'm so sorry. I got confused. Book seven. (laughs) There is a book eight, but we don't talk about her. Cursed child. (laughs) Uh, book seven in book seven Hermione would have never been prompted to go in and give him a big smackaroo on the lips and that's the witchcraft sis that this is why we have Hermione Hermione is canon forever and ever forever and ever next uh some other fun facts that i've got for you um obviously not to top that but uh it's probable that spew eventually disbanded uh, obviously it was kind of problematic anyways and with everything else going on in the world i think that was one of the l- few things that were not on people's minds but hermione did eventually go to work for the department for the regulation and control of magical creatures uh before she became minister of magic which is awesome uh, i'm sure the good bad and ugly experiences that she had through spew led her to do a better job um, when it came to all things magical, wicks, being, spirits, beasts, you name it. Um, and then fun fact. So if you've never had a chance to read any of the translations for Spew on all the other languages, I 100%, 10 out of 10 recommend you have to do it because some of these are so freaking hilarious. Like, I'm going to give you guys the Spanish one since we're all Latinas here. Um, but the Spanish one is P E D D O, or um, the actual uh, acronym for it in Spanish is Plataforma Elfica de Defensa de los Derechos Obreros. Elfica. Elfica. It's fine, whatever. Acentos, what are they? Anyways, um, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, basically what I just said was Elfish Platform for the Defense of the Worker Rights. Yeah, um, but basically that acronym is P-E-D-D-O um, or PEDO. PEDO is a namesake word for PEDO, which is the same thing, but without one of those Ds. Um, and in Spanish, or at least the Spanish that's native in Spain, um, that means fart. <laughs> I did not know that. Yes. Yeah. Um, for us, like we're all Cuban here. Uh, so we don't really say fart as pedo. We say as bail. Um, but it's still very similar. So I, when I saw that immediately, I just laughed my butt off. Like that Honestly, was so funny. I saw that earlier today and I also laughed like a little like five-year-old girl. <laughs> but also I'm also laughing because of course, like if you know Cubans, of course you would drop a letter and that's of course. how we say that word. Of course. Yep. So just to give a little background to our listeners that might not be from Hispanic descent, Hispanic people, we <laughs> we all speak a different Spanish. We all, everyone, it's every single a, country. It's the same Spanish, but it's different. It's yeah. very different. Like, you know how Americans, people from the UK and Australians and New Zealanders, we they all have their different versions of English. Oh, that's a good analogy. Thank yeah. you. And they have like different words to mean the same thing. Imagine that, but multiplied by what, 12, 15, 20 countries? Yeah, even more so. (laughs) And every country has different words for everything. Like there's a word. So in Spanish, if we say, in Cuban Spanish, if we say like 
papaya, we mean like girl the, stop the papaya <laughs> fruit. But according to like, I think it's Puerto Ricans. We're talking about vaginas. Yep. So <gasps> yep. You're not you gonna let us curse, but you're gonna say that on the. Uh, it's a body part. part. I know. But also, also, I, somebody literally just asked me this at work. We just had this conversation, but they were like, "Well, can you like understand other people from other countries?" And I was like, "Yes, yes. Uh, that's deep, boo." But yeah. Like, okay, so like, <laughs> in Mexico, I think torta is like a sandwich. But mm. if you go to like a South American country, a torta is like a cake. Yeah. But in other countries, if you want a cake, then you have to say pastel. But yeah. If you say pastel to a Cuban, that's very different. Yeah. But if you say pastel, like it's like a little uh, pastry. But then if you say pastel in Puerto Rico, sometimes they mean tamal, which yep. is like a corn tort like thing that we eat. So it's like it's very confusing. It's Honestly, very very confusing. It is. You, Spanish people, we just have to keep in mind who we're talking to. Mm -hmm. Like if you yeah. know their country of origin, then you can understand them. Yes. But if I don't know your country of origin and you start speaking Spanish to me, I will be confused. <laughs> I will be confused. 75% of the time. One, yeah. because all of our words, especially Cubans, all of our yep. words are so vastly different. So and bad. two, the accents are so different. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that. The accents, that's what I'm you get to. I'm going to just say, like, I'm jealous of every Colombian and Argentinian accent I've ever heard in my They're life. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're so beautiful and then here i am with my cuban accent we sound we like we have a cold in our throat we don't <laughs> pronounce r's or s or t or like any or of the D letters or anything consonants <laughs> don't just drop them it's just like vowels straight up vowels all the time it's so bad anyway so bad this has been the educational portion of our podcast <laughs> you know besides like the whole hashtag political themes and no, every other just, part of this now our listeners are cultured <laughs> <laughs> we're just giving you a little tip okay so i guess like to wrap this all up and bring it back to spew like you know marianne said earlier we do have to give hermione props for trying to break the mold at 15 years old she made mistakes everyone makes mistakes and to think that everybody has those days yes everybody and knows what <laughs> everybody gets so to think that, like, you know, she might have in adulthood, like, learned from her mistakes and actually was able to ensure their, you know, freedom and ways that promoted what they wanted is really nice. Just going to go ahead and caca all over Hogwarts one last time. Would have been nice if she had somebody supervising her like an adult. <laughs> Oi. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, oop. <laughs> All right. So that's it for today, kids. I hope you had fun. I hope you learn. I hope you learn. <laughs> I hope you learned some things. I hope you enjoyed it. Follow us on social media. You can hit us up on the gram at the three broom chicks. You can also follow us on Twitter at the number three broom chicks, which is lit. And go like our Facebook page, the three broom chicks, and make sure to catch us next time because we will be continuing the series and talking all about magical beings. So we'll be talking about werewolves, centaurs, mermaids, giants, mermaids, goblins. Okay, well, like, let's relax. You're giving us a lot of topics, okay? <laughs> the oh, episode damn. has not been written yet, so we're just going to 
Hashtag allegedly will be talking about those things. <laughs> Just so you know. All right. As always, we are the three broom chicks. Don't forget about me. It's me, Pippi. Bye.